Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. So good. Isn't that beautiful? Why don't we give it up for these guys? It's beautiful. And um, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you are steadfast and present and we know that in you everything will be all right, Lord. We, we trust in you. And right now, tonight, Lord, as we're here as the church together, Lord, we bring all of life, all the good and the bad, and we bring everything and we lay it at your feet. And we thank you that surrendered to you everything will be all right, Lord. We trust in you. We bring our deepest pain and our biggest fears and the greatest things are happening in our lives and all the mundane things, everything, Lord, we bring that to you. We thank you that, that you make all things new and good. Thank you that you're here with us. Thank you for your forgiveness and your love and the gift of community and family. We pray your blessing over our night in Jesus' name. Amen. As we're worshiping, I really felt this, there's like a real like hunger tonight. I, as I was, that was just the word I got. And I, I felt this real sense of just like a collective hunger. And I love it when you get that sense because God comes where he's wanted. And when people desire God, that's, that's where he comes in those places. And I think that as a church, that should be our aim consistently, to be a place that says, no, God, we, we want you here. We want you here. We, um, yeah, community is great and being together is great. And the worship was fantastic and that's all good. But the thing that we want most above anything else is that, is that God, God moves here, that we actually experience his, the power of his presence, isn't it? Otherwise, we're just another club. And there's plenty of those around. You can go, you can go on, you know, do a whole lot of things. But that's not why we're here. So I think if you've got that desperation in your heart tonight, that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, lean into that. It's a, it's a very, very good thing. Tonight, we, we are working to, my, my name's Josh, if we haven't met, and um, I get to talk about the next part of the Lord's Prayer. And if I'm totally honest with you, when I realized that we're up to this section, I was like, I don't want to speak on this section because... It's not my favorite section to speak on. Because um, the next part is, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. And to be totally honest with you, I really like forgiveness personally, but I don't like giving it that much. And you can scoff, but you're exactly the same. And, and it, like, honestly, I, I find I'm always thankful to people who forgive me, and, and I love to, love to write on that. But... When people hurt me, it's not the, my natural reaction to go, oh, yes, I can't wait to forgive you for that. Do you, are you with me? And maybe in the last few years, you've experienced some sort of pain. Someone's hurt you in some way. And, and depending on who it is and how it's happened, some people are easier to forgive and other people are really, really hard to forgive. And some people harder than others, depending on what's happened. And, and we're going to sort of work through this, but I, I remember a few years ago I was sitting, uh, I teach um, at a school and we're teaching in this, I was teaching this Christian Life Studies class and we're talking about forgiveness and someone else had planned this video to watch and it wasn't a Christian video, but it was about forgiveness and we're sitting there watching it. And I remember watching this, sitting with a class of students and essentially they basically said, forgive other people because it's really good for you. And I sat there looking at this video going, well, yeah, but I think there's a whole lot more to it than that. 
And yes, of course, forgiveness is really good for you, but it essentially makes it into this completely selfish act where I forgive other people for its therapeutic benefits. And I do it because like, it's, it's good for me. And it's almost like we're saying, you know, forgive others so you're free to live your best life or um, you know, forgive others you know, if just for its benefits. Or, it's almost like if Jesus said, you know, just forgive others for you. Like, can you hear Jesus saying that? Just forgive others just, just for you, just because it'll make you feel good. You, know? it, it, you don't read that in the Word. So I want you to have a quick chat though. Tell the person next to you, what are some of the benefits of forgiveness? I'll give you one minute. Who knows that forgiveness is a good thing? Does anyone struggle sometimes to forgive other people or am I the only one in the room? Okay, there's like 10 honest people. All right, no, no, a few more, a few more. That's, that's good. Does anyone find some people easier to forgive than others? Yeah, yeah, cool. Who knows someone that you know is like just a naturally good, quick forgiver and, and loves to make the most of that? Anyone? My, my, I remember my, my brother was always a good forgiver. Like, you know, you'd sort of do the wrong thing and when I'd go and say sorry, he'd be like, oh, no, I forgave you ages ago. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great because I was feeling really fired up. <laughs> and and it's, it's a funny thing because it's like you know that forgiveness is good for you, but it's a bit like, like if I say to, so my son Silas is seven, and if I say to him tonight when we go home, mate, it's time to go brush your teeth, he might go, yeah, but I brushed them last night. And it's one of those things that, do you know what I mean? Or if you say, I, exercise, I need to exercise, and you're like, well, I exercised three years ago. And, and we know it's, it's ridiculous because there's some things that you have to keep on doing. In fact, the things that matter. It would be like if, if ever my wife came to me and said, you haven't told me you love me lately. And I'd be like, no, I told you like three weeks ago or 17 years ago when we got married. I mentioned that, you know, in our vows. And the things that matter most, you actually need to keep doing. And unfortunately, and fortunately at the same time, forgiveness is one of those things. It's the sort of thing that is not a one-time thing, but it, it actually has to become a practice. And so we read in the book of Matthew, in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, as you know, it starts like this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the food we need, or give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins or debts as we have forgiven those who sin against us, or as we forgive those who sin or who, have, uh, you know, in, who are in debt to us. And it's funny because I realized I was messaging a few guys at one point and sort of someone sort of said, how are you going? You know? and, and I realized, I shared that in, in my journal recently, I'd, I'd written this, that um, I'd understood even this year, because I've learned a lot about forgiveness over many years, but that my forgiveness is often transactional. And it's generally as a response to someone else's remorse or apology or their aim to rectify. Um, but I felt that at that time God was teaching me to forgive even when that doesn't happen. And, and it's interesting because this verse calls us to continual forgiveness. And I'll be honest, I, I like to share like personal stories. I can't share my biggest forgiveness stories. Like, they're actually, they're too personal. And the people that I've had to forgive in the different situations, I'm like, I, I can't do that. And, and while I, I want to, I'm like, I think that's also a good thing. Because we all carry different people and situations we actually had to forgive. And you actually don't want to bring it up and re-incriminate people. 
Do you know what I mean? Because that's part of the process of forgiveness. And it wouldn't look too good if I got up here and said, oh, these are all the people I forgave and these are all the ways they wronged me just to justify that I'm really good at forgiveness, you know? So if we were to break it down, like to, I guess sort of a, a definition of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is a continual practice grounded in God's kindness, challenging our habits and transcending the need for apologies, offering us the freedom to release others from moral debts. And when we talk about forgiveness, this idea, because it, it often sort of changed with the word debt, people have a debt to you, some sort of moral debt. And we either choose to make them pay for it or we let them be free from the debt that we carry. And we can talk about how forgiveness can make you happy, but I know a lot of people that are quite happy holding a grudge and carrying around a debt. And they like to wave it around. Have you seen that? Like they think they're happy until it sort of destroys you. But there is something about this debt that we like to hold. And forgiveness is actually one of the most countercultural practices of Jesus because it's this unmerited gift to someone who doesn't deserve it. And the cost of forgiveness is great, but the outcome is even greater. And it leads to freedom and to wholeness and to intimacy with God and others. It leads to life as God intended. And so tonight, I've got a few things, and I'll be honest, I have no slides, and this has been the most hectic week. And I, want to, I had all this stuff today, and I'm like, I want to go through a bit, but I want to actually lead you tonight in a guided prayer and teach you a little bit. And then just give some time where we just pray and work through a process of forgiveness. Is, is that cool? And, um, and then we'll kind of do that and then go home free. Does that sound, sound good? All right, good. Okay. So when we look at this verse, if you've got your Bible or if you've got the Bible on your phone, you can, you can follow along just as long as you don't get too distracted. Um, I say that because I know that I can be distracted too. So... When you look at this verse, it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, we can look at this in two ways. You can look at it, one, as in the same measure that I forgive others, forgive me. And that's a terrifying statement if that's, that's what it says. Because if you don't forgive other people very well, then you're saying, God, I don't forgive other people very well. So in the same way I don't forgive them well, that's what I'm expecting for myself. And it suddenly adds this huge weight to the prayer that you're praying. Because often we think about it, forgive us, great, and I'll try and forgive others. Like, I, I, I always like the first part, you know, forgive us our sins. Like, forgive me, happy for that, and then as we forgive those. And the as we, you could look at it as in the same measure, or by the same stick that I measure everyone else, measure me. Which adds a whole lot of weight to how well you forgive others, doesn't it? All of a sudden you go, oh... Do I actually forgive people in the way that I want to be forgiven? Because that kind of lines up with Jesus saying of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So forgive others as you would have them forgive you. Do you do that? Not really, yeah, sometimes. Not always. I don't always. The other one is um, you could also look at it as as we have been forgiven, we forgive too. So understanding the gravity of my own forgiveness, understanding how much God has forgiven me, that's how I forgive. Now I think both work. So you can think of it as 
is that when I understand more and more of what I've been saved from, what I've been saved for, the depth of God's forgiveness and his love and, and the cost of the cross, out of the depth of understanding that, then anyone is forgivable. And you hear these radical stories of families and people who have, have lost loved ones and they turn around and their first thing is to forgive. Have you heard stories like this? Family in Sydney a few years ago whose kids were killed by a drunk driver and the first thing they did is, we want to forgive you. And they set up a whole day on forgiveness. Every year there's a, there's a day, I think it's I Forgive Day, and teaching people to forgive. Uh, recently there was a racially motivated shooting in the States and, and the, the parents had an opportunity to speak to the shooter who'd, who'd written this whole sort of manifesto, a, a, you know, like racially motivated. And they stood there with one of the mums with her son's Bible. They were in a prayer meeting. The son's Bible was soaked in his blood and she said, I forgive you. It's the very first thing she did. So when you understand the cost of your own forgiveness, then anyone is forgivable. And forgiveness sometimes sounds a bit like it's okay. Like, have you ever done that? It's like, yeah, it's okay. But it doesn't really mean anything because it's, it's, really, it's not really okay. Or have you ever not accepted an apology because it didn't sound sincere and made the person repeat it? Like, no, say it again, but like with feeling, you know? And, it, you know, it's like, come on. And, and, you know, you, like we kind of like to have the right to forgive, like, it's like, I want someone to come and apologize to me. And when they do, then if I judge their apology sincere enough, then I now have the right to offer you forgiveness. And unfortunately, Jesus' forgiveness doesn't work that way. Because he forgives us before. It says that he forgave us while we were still sinners. Before you'd apologized. In fact, for things that you're still to do. Things that you probably haven't even asked for forgiveness for yet. That he has already forgiven you for. So we can look sometimes, we, we see that sometimes someone being remorseful or, or apologizing has to come in tandem with, with forgiveness, but they don't actually always work like that. And God's forgiveness comes before repentance. Okay? So um, Henry Nouwen said this, I've often said, I forgive you, but even if, as I said the words, my heart remained angry or resentful, I still wanted to hear the story that I was right after all. I still wanted to hear apologies and excuses. I still wanted the satisfaction of receiving some praise in return, if only the praise for being so forgiving. That hits hard. And Jesus lived and breathed forgiveness. And we, we read, if you, if you get your Bible, turn to Matthew 18. And by this stage, Peter had been hanging around with Jesus for quite some time and watching him. And watching the way Jesus did life. And it says here, Then Peter came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who, who, uh, who sins against me? Seven times? Now he says seven times because the teachers of the day, the rabbis, were teaching that if someone wronged you, then you were to forgive them seven times. That was sort of the, sort of the current standard of the day. And what it sort of shows here is that Peter says, he, he doesn't say this straight out, but essentially he's saying, Jesus, I've watched you. I've watched the way you live. And I want to know the answer to this question because clearly you live differently than the way the other rabbis do. They all say seven times, but I have this sneaking suspicion that you think something different. And Jesus says not seven times, but 70 times seven. So 490 times. Now, is he being, he's not being literal. The aim is continual forgiveness. 
you just keep going. Like that's a year and a half of forgiveness. The aim is you keep forgiving. And, and, and he says this, Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring up his accounts to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors who uh, was brought in, who owed him millions of dollars. In, in sort of the original translation, it talks about like talents. Essentially, the idea of this debt is, is it is greater than anyone could repay. Like if you had a debt of like multi millions of dollars, a debt that you go, even if I worked every day for the rest of my life, I still could not repay it. And it says he, he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, everything they owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it. But then his master was filled with pity for him. And he was released and forgave his debt. The whole idea of him saying, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. When Jesus said that, he's meant to be ridiculous. It's like someone on a McDonald's wage saying, I will repay him near a multi-million dollar debt. Like Jesus' aim here is to show that you can't do it. There's no way you can. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant repayment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll, I'll pay it, he pleaded. But that his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when some of the servants saw this, they were upset. They went to the king and told him everything that happened. Then the king called in the man he'd forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he'd paid his entire debt. And then Jesus says this, so kind. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. He's calling us to radical forgiveness. And there's this big part in, in our hearts that says, I don't want any part of that because I want to be proved right. I want to be justified. I want to be vindicated. And he's saying, let go. We've been singing songs tonight about like, there's nothing else I want more and, and taking things out of the way and removing anything. And I feel like God is saying it is often unforgiveness that stands in the way between us and God. And it's our unforgiveness, our desire to be right and to prove right. And I tell you, there's been times in the last couple of years where I have so wanted to be proved right and so wanted to be vindicated or see the people I love vindicated or proved right. And, and, and the process is really just surrendering and going, God, I trust you, whatever happens. We're going to love you and trust you, whatever happens, knowing that you will make things right, but I'm not going to see that. And trusting that God is good in that. And so we understand that we have been forgiven much, and then we extend the same. Our Ronald Rollheiser says this, there are no perfect human communities. And so our task as mature adults, as elders, as Christian disciples, is to be that place where the amazement, the gossip, the negativity, and the scapegoating stop because like water purifies, we take it in, absorb it, transform it, and do not give it back in kind. Jesus took in hatred. He held it, transformed it, and gave back love. He took in bitterness, held it, transformed it, and gave back blessings. He took in murder, held it, transformed it, and gave back forgiveness. Jesus resisted the instinct to give back in kind, hatred for hatred, curses for curses, jealousy for jealousy, murder for murder. 
He held and transformed these things rather than simply retransmitting them. That's, that's what we're called to do. And then he goes on, he says this, I see that my job in the midst of evil is to make my body a grave for hate. Like your body becomes a place where hate dies. Isn't that an amazing vision for a human? That when people you know, project negativity or things on you, your body becomes a place, a grave for hate. It actually doesn't affect you anymore because you're so surrendered to Jesus and his love. So then we move on. And when we get to the end of Jesus, sort of, I mean, not the end of his life, end of his life when he died at, on Good Friday. Then he was raised again. But as he's dying on the cross, you might know the story where Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know what, not what they do. And, and he's saying they, he's talking about the execution as he could be talking about Pontius Pilate. He could be talking a whole lot of people. The way it's written, it's written as though, not as though he says that as a one-time statement, but that he says it probably over and over again. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And you imagine every nail, every whip, every beating, it's another Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And his body actually becomes a grave for hate. They, they, can't, they can't get to him because he keeps forgiving them. And so when we understand that, Christian forgiveness, we understand that Jesus' blood had to be shed. It adds this huge weight to it. I just want to read you a story. I've been reading this book, Amazed by Jesus, by Simon Ponsonby. He's in the UK. He's brilliant. And he tells this story of a friend of his who was in the SAS. He was, this, um, he was on, a, on a peacekeeping mission, but oh, he, so they had to rescue people who were on a peacekeeping mission who were taken a hostage in the terrorist camp in Sierra Leone. It says this, having entered the hostile camp and while securing it, the um, SAS located the hostages and released them from their locked cell. As they made their way to the Chinook helicopter, one of the liberating troops was shot in the back. He was lifted onto the helicopter with the freed hostages, but died immediately. And as the Chinook took off, the rotor blades caused the rear of the helicopter to tilt up first and tilt the helicopter forward. And the dead trooper's lifeblood ran down the helicopter onto the hostages' feet, who were sat at the front. And he said this, that the freed prisoners knew then the cost of their freedom. That noble SAS warrior gave his life to give the hostages life. The cross was the cost of our forgiveness, and Jesus' death, the price of life. And so there are, there are four levels, really, to forgiveness. There's forgiving others, which is often the first thing we think about. We forgive people who've hurt us, people who've done us wrong. It could be the way our parents have hurt us, or, or people who are friends, people who've betrayed us, people at work. It could be the way members of our family have hurt us, people who've have hurt you in a whole lot of different ways. So that's the first, first step. The second one is forgiving yourself, and forgiving yourself for the ways you've messed up, the mistakes you've made, the things you've said and done, Big, little, embarrassing, terrible. That's the second step. The third one is forgiving life for being unfair. Acknowledging that actually things don't always go the way we want. That that's actually the way it is. That life isn't always mapped out the way you planned. And coming to terms with that. And the last one is 
forgiving God, which is often an interesting one to think about. But it's dealing with our feelings of anger towards God. Saying, God, like, you, you know, and I'm sure you've, you may have said this before. When something happens, like, God, but you knew that could have happened. How could you not have known that? Or why didn't you tell me, like, you were there? Or feel that, you know those feelings of anger where you go, God, couldn't you have done something instead of allowing this to happen? And, and a grudge towards God holds you off from forgiveness and from healing. And it's dealing, dealing with that. And, and so there's these, these four elements. And, and I believe that when, when Jesus prays this prayer, when he's teaching us the Lord's Prayer, teaching us how to pray, he's essentially saying daily, I want you to come and bring all this to me. Be a person who is in continual, uh, continual sort of mode of forgiveness, continually bringing things to me, continually understand that you are forgiven and you are forgiving Continually understanding that, that as you forgive others, so God is forgiving you. That there's this sort of flow of forgiveness. And, and for the church to look different than the rest of the world, we need to be forgiving people, don't we? In fact, Jesus says they'll know us by our love, and our love is often shown through our forgiveness. The way you love people is shown through forgiveness. I was going to get this. There's one of my favorite images at the moment is one of um, this poster I was going to put in my office. Two people hugging, and you can see one, the person being hugged has a bag of arrows on their back and a bow in their hand, and the other person hugging them has a whole bunch of arrows in their back. It's showing that one person has obviously harmed the other, and they've come. I wanted to put it in my room to say that's what working with teenagers is like, but I feel like that's what being alive is like. That's what it's like being with people. Whether they mean to or not, you will, someone will hurt you. And if you think you've dealt with everything, you probably need to deal with some self-unawareness because we've all been hurt by people. We all carry something, some level of hurt or pain. I would say in the last few years, some people are carrying a whole lot. And the whole last few years, as the whole world has changed, has brought up so many different things in people, whether it's towards God or towards people, towards in families, in like just in communities there's there's a whole lot of stuff but as we go through life there's just no doubt going to be moments where someone's going to hurt you life will hurt you you'll feel betrayed by god and he calls us to keep coming back to forgiveness and so i'd love to be able to pray with you tonight is, is that all right and guide you through a prayer where um basically josh is just going to come up and Play something nice. I'm going to, I'll pray this slowly. And I'm going to work through those, those four levels and give you a chance to deal with some things, to bring some things up. You don't have to share this with anyone. This is just between you and God. But maybe already when I, when I started talking through those four levels, there were different things that came to mind. When you think about forgiving others, maybe a name or a face or a situation came to your mind straight away. And you're like, maybe you don't want to, but you know that's who you need to forgive. Or maybe personally you say, I, I know there's ways I need to forgive myself. Or maybe even in life you go, there's things that have happened that were just unfair. Or maybe you feel an anger or resentment towards God. You're worshipping, everyone's worshipping around you and you go, I, I'm, I actually feel frustrated. Like I'm here, but I, God, I feel frustrated about something. So is that, is that all right? Is that cool? Happy to do that? Yeah. Um, 
It's nice. He's good. It's a 5-8 trick though. You just play the fifth and the eighth and, and the bass notes and it always sounds good, doesn't it? See? Listen, to that. look at that. Rat bags. All right. Yeah. You feel you're all right? You feeling good? No. You can if you want to close your eyes so you just you can just get comfortable. I'm gonna stand. Just get comfortable and then we're just gonna have a moment just I'll just go through slowly. So Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now with open hearts. We invite you now, right now, come Holy Spirit. I seek your presence and guidance as I embark on a journey of forgiveness. I recognize that forgiveness is a path to healing and freedom and invite your Holy Spirit to be with me in this moment. Holy Spirit, shine your light upon my heart as I think about forgiving others. Help me release the heavy burdens of resentment and pain that I've carried for so long. I reflect upon the wounds I've endured, the hurt I've felt, the betrayal, the pain. Take a moment and reflect on some people or situations that come to mind and just breathe deeply and offer them to God. your strength I forgive all of those who've hurt me every single one of them whether intentionally or unintentionally I let go of my righteous anger and choose the path of forgiveness just as you have forgiven me May your grace flow through me, allowing me to forgive all the ways I've been hurt. Just breathe out and let go of all that. Father, I acknowledge my own imperfections and the mistakes I've made. I ask for your mercy and healing 
as I seek to forgive myself. Help me to release the burdens of guilt, self-condemnation, and shame. Take a moment, reflect on mistakes or self-blame and then offer it to God. Just breathe in and out. grace to forgive myself for the ways I've messed up, for the choices that have caused pain to myself and to others. May your love and grace fill me, allowing me to embrace the forgiveness I so desperately need. Father, I recognize that life can be profoundly unfair at times. It's in these moments of struggle and suffering that I often find it challenging to forgive life itself. Help me, Holy Spirit, to come to terms with the injustices I've faced. So as you reflect on unfairness or hardships, as you breathe in and out, just offer that to Jesus. grant me the wisdom to accept that life is imperfect and that adversity is part of the human experience. May I find the strength to forgive life for being unfair, to trust in your divine plan even when I cannot fully understand it. And merciful Father, sometimes I wrestle with feelings of anger and confusion towards you. I bring my honest doubts and questions before you, knowing that you can handle my struggles. Help me, Holy Spirit, to work through my complaints towards you. Just take a moment. God has big shoulders. You can bring your bring those feelings to him as you just breathe in and out.
Lord, in your grace, I forgive you. I recognize that my limited human understanding cannot grasp the entirety of your divine knowledge. Heal my wounds and doubts and help me to see your love and goodness even in the midst of my pain. May I never cut myself off from your life, forgiveness and healing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. Help us to walk in your light, to release the burdens of unforgiveness and to experience the freedom and healing that forgiveness brings. Jesus, we thank you for your blood, for your death and resurrection, for the cost of your sacrifice. As you have forgiven us, may we also forgive. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.